Team culture is a set of common core values. It means people in that team sharing, sharing the same set of core values. They need to, to live and breathe those values. But team culture is all about in creating an inclusive culture, respecting each other, having empathy, trusting each other. So all the teams I've evolved in that won great trophies, we had that. We had that. Mm. But when things did not go well, that means the relationship of trust was broken. There was no longer the two-way street of trust. If you don't have that two-way street of trust, then you can't have those discretionary efforts. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Over the last four years of this show, I've detailed the habits, routines, and rituals of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Where I found I needed a little help was in my evening routine, especially how I unwind before bed. Do you have a routine or do you leave it to chance? Some of the most talked about things you can do include putting your phone down, switching your screen off an hour or so before bed, stretching, taking a hot shower, and not eating rich food or drinking alcohol too close to bedtime. These are great ideas, but not everybody's lifestyle can accommodate them. Which is why I decided to take a deep sleep nootropic called Boost, brought to you by Pure Sports CBD called Unwind. It helps you both get to sleep and helps your sleep quality too. So I've partnered with Pure Sports CBD to provide a premium and trusted natural product to help you as a busy entrepreneur go further. You can get 20% off their entire range by going to puresportcbd.com and entering the code JUSTDOIT20. That's just do it to zero. Welcome to episode 352 of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex, and my very special guest this week, Coach G otherwise known as Gerthrow Steenkamp, former international professional rugby player, World Cup winner with South Africa in 2007, multiple championship winner with the Blue Bulls in South Africa and Toulouse in France. He now still lives in France where he is a rugby coach. He also teaches the team culture and core values from the game of rugby with the corporate world. And he's also an entrepreneur and now a number one podcaster. Yes, 
his podcast, got to number one last week when we helped him launch his podcast. Super stoked for him to do that. And you're going to hear all about it. He's got amazing guests on his own show. But first off, we have got Coach G himself. So we're going to be talking about team culture, having a common set of core values that each team member respects and live by and what we can learn from that. Myself, I never reached the heights that Coach G did, but I played for Bath. I played on the wreck on their home ground in front of an audience, but I was second team. I never got to first team. I never won a World Cup. I never won a championship like Coach G, but there's lots to learn here about trust and respect, helping you to achieve great things. We talk about assessing yourself, about thinking of what you can offer, about the need to show some vulnerability so people can relate to you and learn from your stories and experiences. And about if you are wanting to adapt and change, then you need to put the hard work in. But you need to take that first step. You just need to screw it, just do it. Without further ado, here is Coach G. So he is a World Cup winner, uh, rugby with South Africa, going back to 2007, former international professional rugby player. He's played at the highest level, like I say, he's won a World Cup. He's played internationally uh, with the Blue Bulls in South Africa and then Toulouse um, in France. And Look, I've played rugby um, my whole life. I, I finished at 30, a little bit before you, Coach G, when I, I blew my knee out, and I never came back from that. But the highest I ever got to, I played uh, for Bath RFC. I played for the second team there, and I played, you know, in the stadium, in front of fans, um, but never never to the level that you did. But it's a game that, that I love. And I've got a question for you to start up with. Where were you, or do you remember what you were doing uh, back in 2009, this Sunday on June the 20th, June the 20th, 2009, where were you? What were you doing? I think we were in Pretoria smashing the lions, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And I didn't realize this. I, when I was doing my research, I went back and I didn't realize the date and, um, and the fact that you were, you were in the squad. I was there. I was yeah. in the stands. And he didn't even say hi. It just shows you. <laughs> so I'm glad to see you a humble person now. So that's good. Very humble. Yeah, we lost that game. We lost that game. Lost the series, but hey. No, you guys didn't lose it. We just won you. That's it. <laughs> what were your what were memories going going back to, to that time, given that, you know, at that point, you'd already won Rugby World Cup with, with South Africa. You then beat the Lions uh, in the series. You'd won back-to-back -back championships with the Blue Bulls, I think, at that point. Or you went on to do that. And then uh, yourself and a couple of other uh, well-known international athletes uh, were signed by Toulouse to, to play in the French Pro 14. What, what are your memories when you go back to that time in particular, going back, what, 12 years this Sunday, man? Oh, man, I just remember that Lions series was unbelievable. You know, the hype, having all the supporters coming out to South Africa. You know, first, it was great for our country because, you know, it uplifted our economy as well, which was very important. But just the supporters were amazing. You know, they were so friendly and drunk at the same time. But <laughs> <laughs> no, all jokes aside, you know, it was an unbelievable experience. It was a massive honor to be part of that uh, squad that played against the Lions. 
and there was mutual respect. You know, you, you play a lot of test matches and it's intense, but it's like when you play against the Lions, when that happens, you know, some rugby players go through their whole international career and they never get the opportunity to play against the Lions. And some players never get to play for the Lions. Mm. So just being involved, involved in that event is next level. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, so many great memories, you know, friendships that were made and also the whole atmosphere around the game. And unfortunately, that's not going to be the case this year. But I think we are just grateful that the Lions tour is still on. That's the most important. And now the great thing about Clubhouse is we can continue the banter up on here for the next two months and start (laughs) going at each other and give each other a virtual slap. But yeah, coming back to me, I've been a part of a few great teams. And being involved in that process, going through what we went through back then with the Lions was just amazing, you know. In South Africa, when you wear the Springbok jersey, it's all about leaving a legacy. I love what Pete Cohen said the other day in the Winners Club. It resonated. I was like choked up while he was speaking. And because it resembles a lot what we believe in South Africa. We always say that you got to put that jersey first because that jersey represents something greater than yourself. So I know those boys already. A lot of people are saying, South Africa, you haven't played since the World Cup final. But what they always say, human beings are resilient. South Africans are warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's why, and, and it's interesting, obviously, that we've literally got, I think, the, the British Lions warm-up game is on the 24th, which is literally like a week again. Where, you know, we're talking now, and then I'm saying 12 years ago, I was, you know, within touching distance of you in the same stadium. Who knows, you know, years later, we actually connect on an online platform, and here we are chatting to each other. It, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? But I think people over here at least, see an opportunity because you guys haven't played together for so long. But as I told somebody yesterday, a number of your players play with each other in other teams who've been incredibly successful. I'm thinking of the likes of Sale, for example. So do you think that will count for a lot when it comes together? You know, that that togetherness, that, that, that resilience that they've had to have over the last year or so? I think definitely it will count. I think we counted the other day, there was between 11 and 14 players that are in the squad that have been playing in Europe and in the English Premiership. So that's going to make a massive difference because those players would have played competitive rugby. Mm. They would have played against the best. So I believe mentally they will be up for it. Obviously, the big question is, will the team be able to gel in such a short amount of time. But, you know, South Africans, we used to having that underdog mindset, right? Just for people to understand what the underdog is, right? If you have two dogs fighting over the same bone, everybody thinks the big dog will always take it. But sometimes that small dog can bite really hard, all right? And uh, that's South African, we used to. 95 World Cup, nobody gave us a chance. 2007, 2019, nobody expected us to beat England. So I believe, South Africans, we have something special. We believe we were born to play rugby, all right? That's our legacy. That's our destiny. It's part of our DNA. Rugby is practically a religion in South Africa. So South Africa, for people to understand in the audience, when the Springboks are doing well, Business is booming. People are happy. The countries have people are friendlier. Violence takes a dip 
the, the numbers go down. Really? The spring box lose, people become angry. Business goes down. People don't want to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's 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 massive uh, for South Africa, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And you know, maybe just go back a, a year or so, eighteen months or so um, ago, yourself. And um, what position were, were you in as a as a as a person, um, as a as a as a businessman now, I guess as well, um, and how things have changed for you in the last eighteen uh, months of your life. As I said, we met on an online platform. Um, how much have you, you know, again embraced that over the last eighteen months or so? So maybe tell us where you were at and where you're at now, because a lot's obviously changed as I've gotten to know you over the last year. Yeah, man, lots of change. I've been to hell and paradise at the same time. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it was challenging. You know, so for people listening, obviously, I'm a professional rugby coach, and I'm also a scrum coach. So I've been hosting workshops and scrum masterclasses all over Europe and in France. And I also do a lot of team building and wellness uh, programs in the corporate space. So before COVID hit, you know, I was fully booked in terms of rugby appearances, coaching gigs, but then also appearances and events in mm -hmm. corporates, being a keynote speaker and especially team building. I was doing team building sessions with 90 people, 100 people at a time, building strong teams, bringing agencies under the same brand together. And I remember I've worked hard since I've been retired. And the month of April would have been the biggest month in my business. I had eight corporate events booked, eight. In one month, that's intense. I was like, wow, this is going to be awesome. And then, boom, COVID hit, <laughs> gone. And to be honest, even till today, the companies in France that I've booked with, they no place to do any team building at the moment. But what happened to me is that I'm a consultant and I have my business. I don't have a salary. I was not employed by a club. So when COVID hit, I was like, okay, what do I do now to earn money? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and the club I was consulting with, you know, they were, being, they were covering all the other players' salaries and so on. And I went to them, so guys, uh, what about me? Uh, I'm sorry, G, we don't know how to say this, but we can't pay you. <laughs> no. You consulted. And then I was like, oh, crap. What the heck are you going to do, G? So then I took a step back and I said, okay, G, what can you do? What are your current qualities? What can you offer to people? So obviously I do Zoo, which is high-intensity training and low-impact. And I said, okay, let's take the training sessions online. And I trained with over 600 players in the first month of lockdown. Wow. And after that, I had about 60 people that signed up for membership. And then I was like, okay, how can I transfer all my scrum knowledge and mental players and coaches and get them ready and keeping people sane during lockdown? And then everything just evolved. And I can go on and on for hours. But it came down to actually assessing myself and say, okay, G, what are you capable of doing? What can you offer? And how can you monetize that years of experience? What can you put into place? And then I upskilled myself, did courses, did seminars, three-day seminars in the US. I've learned how to put an offer together. I learned how to put my email marketing in place, social media strategy. And then I came up with this big idea. I said, okay, I'm going to launch a one-on-one -on -one coaching course. 
for front row rugby players and coaches called the Scrum Dominator. And I just started with the simple question, do you want to dominate in the Scrum? Do you want to be known as a Scrum Dominator? And all of a sudden, boom, people were popping up. I was hosting webinars. And when I opened up the first 10 slots for the first month, it was sold in two days. Wow. And and now, thanks. And then, obviously, since then, I've worked with over 80 coaches and players one-on-one since lockdown. And some of them have gone into mentorships as well. Mm. And the great thing of lockdown is when you are down and out, when you're in that dark place, and let's be honest, all of us faced it. All right? We were stressed out. We were worried. We weren't sure what to do. We lost. Some of us lost our identity. What happened to me? I changed. I lost over 10 kgs. I started training intensely. And I was in my house, but in my house, I was like in my own world. Mm-hmm. When I went into my dungeon or my den, as I call it, where I did zoo, I put my zoo hat on. When I went into my office at home, I put my scrum hat on. So it was just amazing. Even though I was in like lockdown, I was in my own world. And it just shows you that if you work really hard and you want to change or you want to adapt, I don't like using the word pivot because everybody uses it. Yeah. You want to adapt and evolve, you can. But all you need to do is take that first step. And when you, you know, take it back, when you retired from pro rugby and transitioned you know, to, a, to a different life, was there support available then? Are you, are you given, you know, education as to what options you can go into and there's support available or is it something that, you know, one day you're employed, the next day you're literally, what am I going to do with my life? Honestly, um, there wasn't really much in place for us back in the day. Um, mostly we were offered to do certain business courses at the Toulouse Business School, but that was about it. Mm. There was nowhere really taking time with us and say, okay, guys, you got this business idea. How can you put it into place? What are the things you need to do? What do you need to anticipate? So honestly, most athletes and rugby players, you're on your own. You can have this great idea. When I started my scrum business, I didn't know how to go about it. I was just putting people would say, okay, you need to be on social media. Good. You need to send out emails. Good. All right. So what did I do? I put the post on Improve your scrum. Contact me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. It was that. Okay. I can help you improve your scrum technique. Nothing. It took Mm -hmm. me time. You know, I lost so much time where now things are different. I've learned to storytell. So back in the day in 2014, my international career came to an end. Let me explain to you why I got dominated in the scrum. Why did I get dominated? I wasn't mentally prepared the way I should have. I didn't do my scrum work-ons. I didn't do all the grind work, and I didn't respect my routine. That mistake, I can't correct. But I can help you to avoid making the same mistakes. I can help you to eliminate that self-doubt and not experience scrum anxiety. And all of a sudden, boom, it resonates. So those are the type of things it takes time. And now, and the great thing about COVID, which I've learned, having all these amazing tools, from month to month, I was forced to adapt, creating different products. 
a few months ago, I launched a 21-day Scrum Transformation Challenge. Nobody has ever done it. I'm the first Scrum coach or any rugby coach to go live in a private Facebook group for 21 days. 21 days. And it's evolved now into a great product. So now I'm currently reshooting everything and I'll be relaunching that course in the near future. Okay. So, yeah. So you, you've done like the first iteration, mm. lessons learned, and then you go again and you improve it and you get yeah. a little bit better, a little bit better. Mm. Exactly. And, and so, how, sorry, Jay, I was just going to say, how important then has that has been the, the storytelling element and learning that because I mean personally I think that that's absolutely key and if you can't do that yourself you need to get somebody to to help you if you're a business owner trying to do that to tell stories to people to get them to engage with who you are and how you can help them now for sure you know a lot of people say tell stories I talk about sharing your experiences you know mm. it allows people to resonate because often when you and this is the same in business in business if you're a millionaire people are like ah but I'm not like him and it's the same if you're an elite athlete. People need to resonate you. So you need to show some form of vulnerability. So that means admitting your mistakes. So often I want something simple. When I launched my zoo rugby team, getting rugby players to drop body weight and to drop body fat, become leaner and stronger, I said, guys, let me tell you a story. In 2006, I was injured. I picked up 20 kgs. I was 140 and I was struggling to get back into it. And I shared them what happened. Why did I pick up that weight? Because I lost myself. I was not connected with my team. I felt alone. And all of a sudden players would say, but I'm injured right now. I have picked up weight. That's exactly how I feel. So stories are important because it allows people to relate to you. It allows you to see the human side. When I would share with people, say like, you know what guys, I played at the highest level. But there were times I was lost. There were times I was doubting my own abilities. Even though I was player of the year in 2010, even though I've won so many championships. And you could say, why are you doubting yourself if you were probably the best in the world at the stage? And when I shared this, a former All Black contacted me. Gee, it's like you were speaking to me. I've played over 100 test matches for the All Blacks and I'm currently doubting myself. Mm. So that's why stories and experiences are important. You need to bring yourself down because people see you up there. They put you on this pedestal. We don't ask to be put on this pedestal. So it's important to drop yourself down and show people humility that, yes, I have achieved great things, but I have also effed up really bad, all right? So I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. So it's so important so that people can see the human side of it. And, yeah, interesting you mentioned that. So, you know, going, going back to, I mean, first of all, his question, as a pro rugby player when, or a pro athlete, when do you know is the time to retire and move on to another chapter in your life? I think it comes down is when that same song, my mind's telling me no, but my body. <laughs> yeah, the body. <laughs> no, I think it comes down to listening to. I always tell when you lose your passion for the game 
or when you're just going through the motions, that's one sign. When you're just going through it, you're no longer enjoying training, you're no longer enjoying the process. And also you need to listen to your body. If you can't perform at that high level, be the player that you need to be, you need to look at the signs. You need to listen to the signs. Some players push it till the end. So I retired in 2017. I was still feeling great. Originally, I planned to play till 2019. And then my body was feeling good. I was still fit, super fit. I was out running all the youngsters. My GPS stats were great. So for a lot of people don't know, we have a GPS tracker when we train and play. So you can actually track if the player is training or playing at high intensity. And I was right up there every single week. So it came down to, okay, do I want to relocate? Do I want to go to the UK, to another town in France? And I said, no, you know what? I had my innings. It's time to focus on life after rack because I knew it was going to be challenging. And I didn't want to wait uh, another two years to put that into place. Because honestly, I knew I wanted to be a scrum coach. I knew I wanted to help people and inspire people but I didn't know how to get started. Mm. And if I look back now, everything happens for a reason. Imagine I only started in 2020. I would have been stuffed. Mm. I would have been stuffed. But now four years of experience and I'm saying I'm still a young coach. I'm still a young entrepreneur. I'm learning every single day. But at least today, I've got the experience and the knowledge. I know today now how to create an offer. I know how to add value. If I want to launch something, I know there's a process. And I've learned simple things in terms of marketing, how to create an organic following. And just and I, I'm working with Lauren, as you know, Lauren Terras. We yeah. got this amazing platform called Coach G, which is in the works at the moment. And she's like, G, she actually said those words to me. Tell me, what did you do? I said, what do you mean, what did I do? She's like, you don't sound South African. You don't sound like a rugby player. You did something. I'm like, I'm like first I was offended. What do you mean? The language you're using, engagement, organic traffic, all these type of things is like, you don't sound like a rugby player. And I said, of course I don't sound like a rugby player. I'm retired. But it was the effort and the work. I've used that mindset as an athlete, that, that hunger, to achieve greatness, I've installed now in my business. So if I don't know how to do something, I find out, I ask, I upskill myself. And, you know, I've upskilled myself these last few weeks and I'm actually very mad at you because now I'm fixated on podcasting. <laughs> Indeed, I'm looking forward to your podcast launching. Very excited. Well, it's interesting, a couple of things you, you, you said there, like, just the last answer to the previous question, when you said, you know, um, people put athletes on, on a pedestal and, you know, don't, don't, don't become a rugby kid because we want to be on a pedestal. But it's interesting, is it? Because it's the same thing, no matter who you are and what you do. Like I remember when I left Virgin Atlantic after 16 and a half, half years of working for Sir Richard Branson, it was just because it was going through the motions, just because it was going through the motions. I still, um, and I was traveling all over the world, but by then I had a family. I didn't want to be walking out the front door everywhere and jumping on a plane and traveling halfway around the world. I was just going through the motions. I didn't want to be there. And when I did leave and I set up a health and fitness business, 
It was only when I came into contact with an organization who got me to change from being a fitness professional to a business owner that things took off. Before then, I just bought myself a job and I was working more hours for less money. And it was like, why did I want to buy myself a job that paid me less money? I work more hours. I don't get it. But they just got you to change. Here we go. Mindset. You know, that was it. It was getting you into the mindset of thinking I'm no longer a fitness professional. I'm a business owner and I'm here to help people. What are their pain points? How can I help them? And it's like, you know, you, you strike me as a curious person. And that's clearly helped you, you know, go through this entire process during the last couple of years. No, exactly, exactly, you know, and it's stuff like that, you know, with the mistake I made was providing a service originally and not providing a solution. And, mm. and, and that's what I learned very quickly. And it, it's so important to be curious and be conscious of what people are experiencing. So I'd always try to put myself in the shoes of people. Okay, what are rugby players experiencing now? What are everyday people experiencing now? And I actually call people, like people on social media, they would say, love your content. I was like, okay, great stuff. Thanks. I appreciate your support. Tell me more about yourself. And then I just have random conversations, not to push forward anything. Then I'll say, listen, so tell me about what are you currently experiencing? Okay, you're in sales. How's things going? Are you working at home? Showing a vested interest into people. Mm. And by doing that, you are showing them also a sign of respect. You're talking about that pedestal, and we all know it. If you take, for example, our good friend Pete Cohen, people respect the hell of that man. They put him up there just because of his message and what he's sharing. Mm. So, But sometimes he shares certain vulnerabilities just to bring himself down Yeah, and saying, I'm just like you. I'm no different. But it's so important to show interesting to people because if you do that, that's golden. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, and something I want to know as well, you know, what happens when we're talking, you know, culture and you've been involved in a number of championship winning teams across different, different continents. What was the difference between being involved in a Blue Bulls back-to-back championship to lose a South Africa? Because you must have played in some teams, even if it was way back in the day when you were a junior coming through the ranks that didn't have a good culture or were not a particularly pleasant place to be. Any commonalities? Well, look, I played in different teams, and that's what we need to understand. Each team has a unique team culture. So let us first define what team culture is. Because team culture, a lot of people think it's the language you speak, it's the color of your skin, it's where you come from. No. Team culture is a set of common core values. It means people in that team sharing, sharing the same set of core values. They need to, to live and breathe those values. But team culture is all about in creating an inclusive culture, respecting each other, having empathy, trusting each other. So all the teams I've evolved in that won great trophies, we had that. We had that. Mm. But when things did not go well, that means the relationship of trust was broken. 
there was no longer the two-way street of trust. If you don't have that two-way street of trust, then you can't have those discretionary efforts. So the bulls, we used to earn each other's respect. I remember I played for South Africa, made my debut in 2004, and then I shifted to the bulls. I signed at the bulls. And for the first year, I couldn't even get the start at the bulls in 2005. So the coach said to me, sorry, Gene, you need to earn your spot in this team. Apparently, mm-hmm. I believe the other loose is better than you. Yes, you might be playing for the Springboks, but he is currently better for our team. And that was a tough one for me to swallow. Mm. But I kept on grinding, kept on going down, and eventually I earned my spot in the Bulls team. And I started 60 consecutive games from 2007 till 2011, which is still a record today at the Bulls rugby team. But once you've earned your respect of your teammates, they are willing to go above and beyond. So a lot of people say that's sports, that's normal. I said, no, it's not. We had to build that. It took us actually sitting down and say, right, guys, what is our vision? Where are we going? What are we working towards? What do we want to achieve? And the Bulls motto back then was, we want to become the best team in world rugby. That's a massive statement. Yeah. And then it was like, are you all in? We're all in. Next question, Aina Kamaya, are you guys willing to do what is necessary? Do you trust me? He asked us, if you don't trust me, we won't start this journey. We will go another route. We said, coach, we trust you 120%. We had the toughest preseason of my life. I remember guys were passing out, throwing up, but we just kept on going. Nobody complained. What eventually happened, we developed mental resilience, not mental toughness, mental resilience, and got us to achieve great things as a team. And we were so confident as a team, we believed we could beat the All Blacks, honestly. And I still believe till today we probably would have. That's how strong our team was. And I know it sounds arrogant, but not at all. It's just we just had so much trust and respect for each other. Mm. When I played, I would play to make sure that I earned the respect of my teammates, meaning doing my job, respecting my role, and going above and beyond. And if you can get a team in the corporate environment to understand that, that they're here to serve each other, they're here to help each other, to uplift each other, and getting rid of all those egos, you can achieve great things. I wasn't the best passer of the ball. I didn't have the greatest skills for an offload. But if there was a wall in front of me, I would smash it. (laughs) I would break down that wall. But that was my quality. That was my unique superpower. So we relied on each other's superpowers to make sure we achieved great things. And can you, when when you're in that kind of environment and you feel somebody's asked you to buy into this and it's like the coach asking you or you now going into a corporate and asking that, can you sense almost like, you know, um, an animal can sense fear in a human, like a wolf or a bear, something like that. Can you sense when somebody's not, when they're kind of on the periphery, they're, they're making all the right noises, but they're not really buying into that. No, you, you, you can definitely pick that up very quickly. We've had in the past players that haven't really bought into our culture 
mm-hmm. that they were a bit on the outskirts. And what we did is we would try to bring them in. And we made it clear to them, listen here, we don't always agree with the leaders in the group. We don't always agree with the coaches. But it's the team that comes first. It's about the collective effort. So at some stage, you need to make a decision. Who is more important, yourself or the team? And sometimes you have to compromise. Mm. That doesn't mean letting go of your beliefs or your values because you might not agree with the strategy. But by showing your buying, you're earning the respect of your teammates. And that goes a long way. So in rugby, if you do not participate in the team culture, if you're not willing to buy in the team, we give you one of two choices. You need to buy in. We'll try to accommodate you. We'll try to integrate you. But eventually, you're going to have to make a choice. If you don't want to stick in, if you want to bring down the, the group and become toxic in a team environment, we eliminate the toxicity in a team. In the corporate world, that's different. You can't just let go of someone and say, cheers, there you go. That means that person is not in the right position. He is not in the right team. So you need to repurpose that person. Maybe you don't have them in the right position. You need to understand. We always took this in a team environment. If a player was not buying in, we needed to understand why. And when we understood why, when we clicked, okay, he maybe had a better idea or another philosophy, that means there was a discussion. Mm-hmm. But when it was about ego, that was a dead-end street. Yeah. So that's the same in the corporate space. If the, this person is not believing in it, you need to understand why. If it's about they believe in something different, you get to understand. That means you maybe need to explain or you need to figure out the way how to integrate them into the system before you just show them the door. So it's, it always comes down to something very simple. If you can understand the human being, the person, you will understand the athlete, and you will understand your colleague if you're in the corporate space. And you can, by definition with that, could you also incorporate essentially anybody into the team, no matter how much of a maverick they might be perceived to be, if they buy into that, that team ethos. Yeah, we've had a few funny players in the past. We call them special players. <laughs> all right? We call them special players. But it all came down, what can you offer to the team? Mm. If the positive side of things was outweighing the negative, it wasn't like you would make peace with it. You would compromise. Like, okay, he's got these flaws but his strengths or her strengths is outweighing the negative side of things. Mm. So we've had players in the past that had this massive egos, but when it came to game day, they pitched up, they played for their team and they died for it, but off the field, what an idiot. All right. What an idiot, but that's how he is. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's the thing. It's not black and white. Team culture is gray. <laughs> All right. You need to, Figure out what the, first, that's the question. What does the team need? What are the moving parts that I need to put together to build the strong, robust machine? 
It, it, it made me think because I was reading an article yesterday and it was Brian O'Driscoll, the uh, former Ireland centre and, and British Lions, saying that the worst ever teammate he'd had was Gavin Henson. And he was literally just like, he was shipping in bottles of fake tan and hairspray and he would be in the bathroom for four hours before every game and Brian O'Driscoll's literally going, why do you need to spend time putting on fake tan and doing your hair before a game? And he was like, well, Gavin Henson said he needed to... Um, look good to play good and I was like I guess it takes all sorts I wouldn't know anything about that but oh but it's like me I always used to shave my hair on game day and look at myself in the mirror and say damn do you look beautiful you know <laughs> <laughs> love it um and look what about I've always been interested to to ask this question and you you played with you know some of the most well-known players in the world you've been in those teams you know um what what happens when you 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 hang up your boots you retire as a professional rugby player the next day you are essentially you know a civilian i, I made a podcast for a, for um, an organization called x forces and it helped ex military personnel trans transfer from a civilian from a military life to a civilian life by helping them um start a business and it was very interesting with the mindsets that they had going from one to the other and I was always interested to know what happens to that relationship that you have with those teammates um do you stay in touch with those championship winning teams do you meet up every 10 20 years or do people just get on with their lives and you just don't see them on a day-to-day basis and over time that gets eroded and it depends it depends which team you were part of I'm going to use a classic example. You know, um, if you take the Bulls team and the team that won the World Cup in 2007, we still have a WhatsApp group. We're still staying in touch. You know, boys are getting together, having a braai or barbecue. They're posting photos and posting videos. Uh, We're ripping into each other. Yes, we don't always stay in touch. And something simple, I've been reaching out to my teammates recently, just reconnecting with them. You know, in lockdown, and this is one thing that I realized, and is that we're all going to our own world and we stop paying attention to others. And I realized that one of my mates, I haven't spoken into in a year and a half. And I remember, and actually how it happened was I was on the road. I was driving about 450 kilometers and 450 kilometers back. And it hit me when I was always on the road, I always used to call him. And then I realized I haven't spoken to him in a year and a half. So I could have taken the easy, well, he didn't call me either. Mm. So I just rang him up. So I said, brother, I don't know why we haven't spoken in a year and a half. I don't know if I did something wrong or you did, but I'm just here to say, I'm sorry for not reaching out to you earlier. How are you doing? And then he replied to me and he said, you know what, G, you don't understand how much this call means to me. My life has changed. I'm now a full-time dad. I'm no longer working. You are the first person on this phone I've spoken to in months. Wow. And it just hit me, boom. And then since then, I've been reconnecting with former teammates, not necessarily to get them on my podcast or stuff like, just like, hey, just checking in. How are you doing? You know, I realized, yeah, but it's a bit that plays for the spring box. Yeah. You know? He's been in France for over six months. I haven't even jumped on the phone call with him. And then I rang him. I said, you know what, brother? My apologies. I haven't spoken to you in ages. So 
reconnecting with guys, it, it's been unbelievable. But being part of great teams, that bond is always there. Mm. I'm constantly receiving messages from former teammates. Love what you're doing, G, but you're freaking crazy, man. <laughs> crazy. I was going to say, do they get it? Do they, do they get it? You know, you've got a sizable following on social media. And, and what I love is that, you know, you're, you're doing what I preach to everyone. You're documenting your journey. You know, you're sharing your knowledge and your expertise by, by, by telling stories, showing some, some vulnerability. But yeah, do they all think you're crazy? <laughs> they all think they're crazy, but they respect that. I love me. They said, gee, I don't have the confidence to do what yeah. you do. Mm. And they've been showing lots of support. You know, guys are saying, listen, G, how can we help you? Please just reach out. And now we're busy. We're starting to reconnect all of us. And I'm starting to put into place um, retired athletes network, which I'm busy putting to place, not just rugby, but if you know a former athlete, to bring him into our circle mm. so that we can kind of have this type of speed networking rooms, which we've learned on Clubhouse, what are you doing? How can we help you? Where can we help you? Yeah. And just reaching out to so many players, they are loving the idea because there's a recurring message. I'm on my own. It's every man for himself. Mm. So I said, guys, let's help each other out. Let's use and utilize each other's networks. It's because I just look, just by being on Clubhouse, coming into your rooms, going into a lot of other rooms, the amount of things I'm learning and people that offered their help is just amazing. Mm. So, um, yeah, brother, we are making a massive effort to stay connected and to keep in touch. And we're also sharing a lot of great memories together, which is which always keeps us connected. And, you know, that's going to be self-perpetuating, isn't it? There, there are always going to be, unless we all become bionic, there are always going to be people um, becoming professional athletes and then retiring and moving on to the next phase of their life. And they're always going to need support. And if it's not there now and you're doing that and you're also maybe getting them to tap into their network, which, you know, you're doing now, but did, did you do that to start with? Cause you must build up as an athlete and, and as somebody who strikes me as very, you know, personable. Um, not everybody's like that. I get that, but you know, you make the effort to maybe shake hands with the sponsors, the, the, the fans, the after the games. You must have built up quite a considerable network that you can, you can tap into. No, definitely. And that helped me a lot, you know, before COVID, just being in France in Toulouse, uh, the sponsors of the club. You know, when eventually I actually defined what I actually offer, <laughs> you know, I could go to them and pitch. I said, okay, this is how I'm going to bring your team together. This is the wellness programs that uh, we have put together with Zoo. This is the result you want. Your team is lacking motivation. Work ethic has taken a dip. They are struggling to manage an anxiety and stress. These are the ways you can fix it. These are the tools which I'll be providing with you. So out of support, they have given me the opportunity to pitch. And sometimes they would go at me and say, okay, G, we respect the hell of you as a player, but we're running a business here. Mm. So if I have this person, what do I do? Boom, boom, boom. And then I had to reply and I would respond. And I always tell people, when I pitch to a company or to a new corporate client, it's like it's game day for me. My stomach <laughs> starts to turn. I listen to my playlist, get myself ready, get in the zone so that I, need to, I can need to adapt and I need to think on my feet. But a lot of players do not tap into that. So what I'm actually doing now, I'm currently mentoring a lot of former athletes and I'm and current athletes as well. So I'm 
got the Scrum Dominator Mentorship, all right, or Mentorship Program, which is mentoring front row athletes. So I'm not just coaching them on the Scrum. I'm helping them with their vision, goal setting, and I'm helping them to tap into their network, what they need to do, their social media strategy. So I'm giving them a lot of tips so that they can have a network which will be sustainable and which they can carry on when they're done playing. So I'm telling players, if you meet a sponsor, he said, I would like to come visit your company. I would like to see how you work. I would like to drink a cup of coffee with your staff. Show the human side of things. And crazy things, some of the players have been doing, it's like, gee, it's crazy. This company just decided to sponsor me. It's like, that's amazing. I was like, no, that's just normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right? So showing interest in other people and not just making it about you, that can help you. And it's just everything I've learned as a player and also setting up my own business, and I still have a long way to go, sharing that with retired players now has just been unbelievable. And I'm working with a former volleyball athlete here in France, and she's like, oh, coach, this is crazy. It works. I'm like, of course it works. <laughs> so, I, so I always tell people, I'm not always right, but what I do, it works. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you need – that reciprocation, don't you, of, of, of that proof of somebody taking the advice, doing it, and then going, I did it, and it worked. You're like, great, tell some more people about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, it's so important. I'll give you an example. I'm currently helping a former Springbok. Uh, this player's been injured. He hasn't played the game of rugby now for 18 months. So he's just signed a new contract with a professional rugby team in South Africa. And he's a farmer as well. And he needs to get back and he's worried and he's stressed out. So I said, listen, I'm going to take you under my wing. I don't want anything in return. I don't want any money whatsoever. So he's been training with me now for a week and his mind has been blown. I'm receiving now messages from other rugby players saying, gee, do you have like a program? Can we yeah. work with you? How does it go? Because sometimes you just need to just be truthful and just give back mm. without expecting anything in return. Because that's where the gold lies, meaning that it's so rewarding to see how people evolve and that what you have done or helped them with, how they change. And you know you played a part in that. Not mean, I always say, I'm not the reason why athletes perform. I'm not the reason why players perform or people perform in the workspace. I played a part in it. I'm not sitting there with a PlayStation remote telling to go left, right, and giving a double up on that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I always advise people, especially, and that's why I did it wrong in my business in the beginning. I was so focused on getting clients instead of just showing them what I can do, <laughs> yeah, yeah. delivering, and let that speak for itself. Mm. And do you feel um, interesting? Like the, uh, this arrived for me yesterday, and this is an ex-rugby player, Nubria, um, it's called Think Drink. So it's, you know, gives you focus, uh, helps fight fatigue and um, just play for the uh, Johnny Kennedy, play for um, Sale, Sale Sharks yeah. here in the UK, where, where there's a lot of South Africans now. Um, but yeah, do you feel, last question for you, because I know you, you've got to go and you, you, you've given us your time today. Um, do, you, do you feel like a bit of a renaissance man in that regard that you've, you've discovered a new identity or is it just same old G, just recalibrated for, for 2021? I'm not the same person. I'm I'm an upgrade, man. I'm an upgrade. I'm upgrade. I'm, I'm Jeep 2.0. <laughs> so, 
Love it. I, I, I'm definitely not the same. I'm definitely not the same. I'm better than what I used to be. Um, I'm constantly, I actually now have the ability to look at myself, where I'm at, where am I going? So sometimes you used to shy away from those type of things. You didn't want to look at those harsh truths. I now have the tools to manage stress. I have the tools to manage pressure. I had it naturally as an athlete, but I'm talking about life stress, life pressure, that pressure to provide to your family, that pressure to grow your business, which is different. You know, an athlete, you have pressure, but you're still getting your income every single month. Yeah. But if your business is going down, that changes everything. So I've definitely changed. I've, I've discovered something in me, which I knew I always had, is having this ability to inspire people. And now I just go out. I just want to go on every single platform. And I'll be honest with you. It's not even about my business or as a coach. It's about making a difference in the lives of people, everyday people. When I mean everyday people, that's purpose-driven people. That's mm -hmm. moms and dads, husbands and wives. You don't have to be an athlete, elite athlete to be great. The real champions are the people that are in the trenches every single day. People that are owning businesses that are responsible for thousands of employees that's hectic. We never talk about that. No. We, always, we always say, wow, it's great. He's got a thousand employees, 500 employees or a hundred. But imagine that pressure being responsible for all those peoples, for all those families. So my goal every single day, whether it's on Instagram, Clubhouse, is just to inspire one person at a time to make a difference in their life. If it gives them something to talk about, oh, that rugby player is crazy, he's stupid. Good. Good. <laughs> Isn't something to laugh about. But I just on the off chance, just one day, I might be on point and it's like, wow, that was something great. I really resonated with that. Mm -hmm. Mission complete. Perfect. Look, this is a, that's a great natural point to end up, I think. So, G, go through Steen Camp for those listening. Um, much appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, let's get a touch, brother. Awesome <laughs> stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. So I was super excited about uh, this interview connected with Coach G on, of course, Clubhouse um, and just listening to his voice uh just it just commands attention and the experience he's had in the rugby world um it can be relayed to uh the civilian world if you will uh, to the corporate world he is now an entrepreneur as well as uh, a rugby coach himself you know passing on his experience to the next generation of rugby players and he's a super, super inspiring person. I, I honestly think he's going to go on to, I don't know, uh, become one of the most memorable public speakers that you will ever hear and see at an event. He's just got tremendous passion, tremendous purpose, and it just really resonates with me and many, many other people. I've seen how many other people um, he's impacted on Clubhouse, for example. So... Um, I love the fact that rugby still has the same core values when I was playing that it does now about trust and respect and 
you know, the common core values that each team member respects and lives by. I mean, I watch football and other sports, but for me, you know, I played rugby for many years. I finished when I was 30, when I injured my knee. Um, and for me, there's no other sport like it, the camaraderie that you get, but the respect um, that the, the officials command and opposition players command. Um, I love the fact that you can go to a game and mix with supporters from other countries, other uh, clubs, and you can be completely and utterly vociferous in your support of your team, but you can still have a beer with the opposition fan at the end. You don't want to beat their head in, um, get involved in hooliganism and, and fights and destroying things. It's just not that kind of game. So um, there is much to learn, I feel. I've always felt from rugby. Um, we had James Haskell on this podcast uh, in 2019, and it was my aim after that to get more um, people, not just from the world of business, but from other walks of life, like the sporting world, to share their experiences of literally screwing it and just doing it. So um, I was super excited to get Coach G on this. Um, you can check out his own podcast as well, um, which we gave him a little bit of little bit of help with and super excited to see the impact that he's had you know um with that podcast it's it's gone um number 1 in in like oh it's crazy it, it literally like about five or six countries top 5 from new zealand to france to germany to holland uk um unbelievable so you can just see the impact that that's going to have internationally um is phenomenal so i was you know, overjoyed to, to help him with that because um, I know he put a lot of effort into it. So go check that out. Go and give him a rating and a review for that so it can reach more people as well. So um, look, I hope you enjoyed that as, as, as much as I did. Um, I'm super excited to find out more about Zoo that, uh, that he's involved in, this um, mental toughness challenge um that he does this fitness challenge um as much for the mind as the body uh definitely up my street so um look without further ado um have a great weekend have a great week and um i hope you enjoyed this as much as i did and don't forget to reach out to coach g and follow him over on his instagram channel Gertrude steenkamp If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this with zero experience, zero knowledge and zero tech skills, come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people a brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my ultimate podcast mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all of the nitty gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts, the podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is 
available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. Over the last four years of this show, I've detailed the habits, routines, and rituals of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Where I found I needed a little help was in my evening routine, especially how I unwind before bed. Do you have a routine or do you leave it to chance? Some of the most talked about things you can do include putting your phone down, switching your screen off an hour or so before bed, stretching, taking a hot shower and not eating rich food or drinking alcohol too close to bedtime. These are great ideas, but not everybody's lifestyle can accommodate them. Which is why I decided to take a deep sleep nootropic called Boost, brought to you by Pure Sports CBD called Unwind. It helps you both get to sleep and helps your sleep quality too. So I've partnered with Pure Sports CBD to provide a premium and trusted natural product to help you as a busy entrepreneur go further. You can get 20% off their entire range by going to puresportcbd.com and entering the code JUSTDOIT20. That's just do it two zero. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time.